Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. It's Election Day in Georgia, the runoff for the U.S. Senate between the incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker. It's been a bruising, bloody battle between the two, and there's no question that the outcome of the runoff is important, critically important, to the balance of power in the Senate. A Warnock win would give the Dems power over committee and indeed what would be the Republican minority and important for the possibility of a senator shifting from Dem to GOP, possibly Joe Manchin, but that's all speculation and very much dependent on the outcome of today's runoff. The race has been an expensive one. This is the most expensive senatorial race this year, marked by personal insults and charges between the two candidates. It's been one dirty race that ends today. And with us today, our guest is Steve Bannon, the star host of the Steve Bannon War Room. Welcome, Steve, to The Great America Show. Your thoughts on yet another critical runoff showdown Senate race in the state of Georgia. My thoughts are I'm not exactly crazy by about Herschel Walker having this closing argument with a, uh, a campaign, a rally with Nikki Haley. But, hey, you know, if MAGA represents and if MAGA shows up, uh, particularly in northern Georgia, in these uh, in those big congressional districts up there, in those counties, you know, he, we may squeak this one out. So I think it's uh, you know it's on the cusp. We can do it if people turn out, but you know it it, it hasn't exactly been the campaign I think needed to be run. It, I guess we can criticize starting Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the turnout. But you know, he essentially he needs 1.1 million. Republicans and MAGA people to turn out to vote tomorrow on game day to basically draw close one point or a million, I should say, to draw close 1.1 million to basically send it into overtime and a million two would squeak out a win here. But there's at least a 200,000 of vote uh, difference between him and Warnock as the, as the early voting wraps up. And I know we're game day voters, but it's a big it's a big, it's a big ask. President Trump's doing a teller rally for him tonight, Lou. Not, you know, they didn't really ask President Trump to come there in person. This thing's really being run by the Carl Rove and the Kemp people, and they haven't really reached out to MAGA. I know MAGA knows how important this is. A 50-50 power sharing relationship is everything. And quite frankly, I think Manchin might have actually switched from independent to caucus with the Republicans if we won the seat. That's how big I think it is. Yeah, it is big, and uh, McConnell and the boys, uh, they're playing their usual uh, crap games, uh, and I'm not talking about dice. Uh, it, it is ridiculous what uh, he has pulled, McConnell, in this election cycle, and for this year alone, McConnell should be marched out of the party. Uh, your thoughts? Oh, 100%. Look, 
What's odd about this one, it's, it's like McConnell, this guy's almost like don't want to win. It's been very odd. They haven't taken they haven't taken uh, uh, really the uh, allowed Herschel Walker to be himself, which I think is a very powerful MAGA candidate, uh, you know, right to life candidate. Uh, he's really revered in, in Georgia. They haven't really let Herschel be Her- Herschel. But then they didn't really do, you know, they're banking on Kemp's ground game. We're supposed to be the most legendary in Georgia and they give the devil his due. Governor Kemp crushed Stacey Abrams. Right. Uh, and it was an impeccably run campaign. I would have liked to have seen that here. I'm just seeing it, but we're working nonstop to make sure the MAGA votes get out like we did in Virginia. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got other, we got Cobb County and other people on the show today and throughout tomorrow all day to make sure people turn. Like I said, a million votes on game day draws you close. A million one gives it a coin flip. Anything close to a million two, he probably squeaks out a win. This is, you know, and it's it's a massive, massive win. If we go to 50-50 power sharing, you, you could have Tester, or particularly Manchin, uh, you know, really, you know, va- basically vote Republican, which would be enormous. I can't, I can't emphasize how important this is. I just haven't seen as much heat. McConnell, you know, is not just at the games he's playing in, in the in the in the lame duck, uh, given his horrible track record so far. Is is uh, it's just shocking? But people are standing up, and a lot of these senators are standing up. And I, I think you're seeing the debt ceilings going to get kicked in the next year. I think the amnesty thing could get kicked in the next year. Uh, the defense authorization, I think, is 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 right now drawn to a, a tie. It's all about the omnibus. But he's trying to pull every game in the world. And thank God, some senators who aspire to be populist leaders like Ted Cruz, like Marco Rubio, obviously Josh Hawley. Are stepping up here, so you know it's a it's and they look with President Trump, you know the McConnell thing is his problem. You know he endorsed, he never took on McConnell. He endorsed all these McConnell acolytes, which is outrageous, and they're all working against President Trump every day of the week. And what President what McConnell's had to say about the president in the last couple of weeks to me is just unforgivable. So uh, it's uh, you know I'm not a fan of McConnell's, but man, we've empowered this guy, and he's lethal. Yeah, he is, and uh, in empowering him, he is he is denuding uh, the the leadership of the Republican Party, not only in the Senate but uh, across the uh, across the country, uh, throughout the power structure. McConnell is serving one master, and that seems to be the CCP. I think people have to just look at what is happening and why, uh, and he is doing so through the surrogate for the CCP, which is uh, the Biden White House. Uh, there is no other way to look at it, uh, in, it in my opinion. Well, uh, but, 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 let me jump in here for a second, Lou, because this, you know, Newt Gingrich, I know you think very highly of, I think very I highly do. of Newt. He had a piece. He had a piece. And when Axios makes a Newt Gingrich piece its lead, you know something's up. So Axios had a huge, massive story that really got a lot of coverage this week. Newt Gingrich came out and said, hey, the Republican Party, particularly the Lou Dobbses and the Steve Bannons of the world, are uh, not not focused on how Biden's winning and how Biden's really you know governing and how Biden does it and all this. And uh, he left out one thing: there was no mention in the entire piece, and he's never mentioned McConnell's collaborationists. The only reason that Biden has any what they would call successes, which I think are disasters, is because of collaborationist Republicans in the Senate that all report to Mitch McConnell do his bidding. The only reason 
that Biden has had anything that he can point to is because of Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is not a party in opposition. This is why I think one of the most powerful things that President Trump has done, uh, Lou, is to show people how to be in opposition, right? If you're in opposition, there's a lot you can do. And what I mean a lot by do, you can stop things. You can have command by negation. I think there's a lot of savvy people in the House that are learning this. Uh, I think now some Republicans are waking up in the Senate. But Mitch McConnell is an accommodationist. The problem with Biden has been exacerbated and created by Mitch McConnell and collaborationist Republican senators. And that's why, and I was kind of shocked Newt wrote this article and missed the main point. It's not by Biden's hand. It's really by Mitch McConnell's hand that uh, McConnell has these quote-unquote successes, all of which, Lou, as you and I have discussed in your program many, many times, have been a disaster to the American people. Yeah, without question. And I, I think you're exactly right. If if and I'm sure that Newt does understand what a, a, a collaborator McConnell is uh, an enabler of this mad Marxist uh, dictator that we have in the White House. I mean, here we have an impaired president uh, with almost no uh, public gifts whatsoever. And whatever gifts he had have dissipated to the point of incomprehension. And he is succeeding time after time because there is a machine at work here. Uh, it is a machine that includes a cabal of Marxist Dems from the Obama administration. It includes certainly a, a collaboration uh, with the rhinos of the Republican Party uh, and, of course, Wall Street and and uh, what was once corporate America. Let's call it uh, uh, corporate global. What do you think? I think 100%. I think they, I think they, and I think the revelations we're seeing now about the FBI and DOJ involvement in Twitter and uh, their involvement in Facebook and their involvement in really suppressing and lying about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation is, and I think it's going to put us into a constitutional crisis. I mean, I think we're in a constitutional crisis already, but by the spring of next year, we're going to be in a big one because. What you just said is true. These people all work hand in glove, and now it's being exposed because Elon Musk, and you remember what I say about Elon Musk didn't buy a company. He bought a crime scene, and the crimes that are inside uh, Twitter are, are legendary, and it's going to be – the revelations are going to shock the nation. We do know that up to – I think 17 percent of Democrats would have even changed their vote on um, about Biden if they had – if they uh, – if the – Laptop from hell, particularly the things about the Chinese Communist Party financial involvement with the Biden crime family, were true. We know they actively suppressed this. They know we know they did it because they read the emails of Rudy Giuliani. They had wiretapped and had uh, my emails, Bob Costello, my lawyers, of course Bernie Carricks. They knew exactly what we were doing. The due diligence of the laptop when we got it. Uh, by the way, I might mention they had the laptop from December of the previous year. So President Trump never even needed to go through the first impeachment. This is a scandal that's going to make Watergate look like a garden party. It's going to be – It's going to, and it's going to – I tell you, the nation is going to be in turmoil because we're in a constitutional crisis. We clearly have, as I've said, an illegitimate president. And we now know that the national security state with the law enforcement, quote-unquote, agencies of the FBI and the DOJ were actively participants in a coup. And, you know, that will all be proven. We've got the receipts. We're the ones that broke the story. I had Emma Jo Morris on the day, the young editor at the Post, and we reached out to first, and we got Miranda, and she got Miranda 
divine and evolved. And when the New York Post heroically broke the story, uh, and it was the reason I was banned, or I've never been on Twitter, but War Room was banned permanently on Twitter for putting up the, the laptop from Hell Stories. We now know that they colluded. And here's the thing. When they looked at, when Biden looked the camera in the eye, when the eyebrow came out about Russian disinformation from the New York Times to the Wall Street Journal to the, to the uh, I guess the Wall Street Journal did print from the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, NPR, all of it. They knew that the FBI, the DOJ, and Biden knew that what we presented was actual fact. They knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. So they looked the American people in the eye and lied to them, knowing what we had. And knowing now that everybody's confirmed from the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal to the New York Times, themselves to CBS News, even even they all come back and ascertain that, yes, it was right, just like we knew it was back in August and September of 2020. So this is going to be a scandal, and it will, I think, engulf much of the political dialogue that takes Capitol Hill next year is going to be a free fire zone of uh, metaphorically in politics. It's going to be intense like you've never seen it before. I think you're right. I think it has to be. And if it isn't, we know one thing, the Marxist left then won the battle, because if that if that is not the case uh, and if this uh, the power structure uh, is absolutely quiescent about what is a a moment of, of revolution in this country, I, I would we have we would all have to be suppressed uh, to the ultimate. Uh, otherwise, what you say will prevail. It will be a firestorm. And I think it is building toward that right now. I don't know if we make it to Christmas without that firestorm, because even the national left-wing corporatist media is starting to acknowledge the story, which I think is remarkable in and of itself. I, I, I do want to go to the, to the role of Elon Musk here. We have that rarest of creature. Uh, we had a billionaire populist win the, the 2016 election and the and would have won the the 2020 election. Now we have a multi-billion, well, a, the richest man in the world, uh, the ultimate oligarch, who is the largest and most powerful defender of free speech and 2022 America. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's from in South Africa. I mean, look, if people, it's it's pretty well known, I've, I, although I know the people around Elon, and I know Elon and the people around him very, very well, people I've had a lot of association with uh, who are really smart and tough people. You know, I've it's quite public. I've got a lot of problems, number one, with the, his association with the CCP, particularly with Tesla and the factory in Shanghai. Also, right. his uh, these issues with Neuralink. I'm, I'm a huge anti-transhumanist, and Elon Musk is the lead, really the leader of that. Now, he defends himself saying he's trying to protect us from AI. Look, he was on for two hours on Twitter uh, the other day at an impromptu kind of press conference with 10 people that were pounding him with questions from his jet, and we covered it on Getter. We picked it up for the entire time. He is the most significant engineer uh, in our country since Edison and Tesla. On that, there can be no doubt. It was quite interesting. In the conversation, he said, Lou, that he's spending 95% of his time on Twitter just taking care of the basic program, the engineering and programming mistakes. Now, remember, he's let go two-thirds of 75% of the company, and so far it's running well. That shows you they had literally 7,000, 7,500 employees, I think, that were essentially worthless. He was blown out. Um, what he's doing now, and it's a couple of things. Number one, with the presidential election of 2020, going, turning over to Matt Taibbi, 
and uh, Ms. Weiss to drill down on all the where the bodies are buried, and they're quite substantial. Like I said, it's a crime scene. He also came out and said, hey, he thinks there was direct intervention in the Brazilian election. So, look, Elon Musk is a populist. There's no doubt about it. Elon Musk is a is a guy that I think is a fighter for freedom. That being said, on both transhumanism and the CCP, he's got issues. But what he's doing with Twitter is nothing short of, of, of amazing. And here's what the important point is. It's what we've always said was the case, Lou. We have said from the beginning that it's not really a company. It's actually an apparatus that the national security state, the deep state or the administrative state, has essentially took, taken over and was their ability to drive narrative. That's all coming to forefront in, in, in literally in, docu- in documents from reporters who are not guys you would find at Breitbart, like Matt, Matt Taibbi, who was the famous investigative reporter for Rolling Stone. This is really a game changer, and I think it's calling the question. The story is not Twitter. The story is we had FBI and, and DOJ starting under President Trump. Remember, the story here is that it was Republican appointees confirmed by Republican Senate, there are the two initial villains in the story, and that is Bill Barr and Chris Wray. They had the laptop from hell in December. It is evident, and any time that you have, and we had uh, Cash Patel on today, to talk about this, any time that you have information directly related to foreign compromise of a presidential candidate or obviously a senior government executive, these decisions have been made at the head, at the FBI level, in Maine Justice, with the attorney general. We know for a fact that it, by, by a grand jury subpoena, an eyewitness of the gentleman that turned it in, Maine Justice in the FBI had the laptop from hell in December of 2019. Just to refresh the audience's memory, that is before President Trump was impeached. They had it weeks before he was impeached, never came forward, never notified President Trump, never notified anybody at the White House never notified congressional leaders. Uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, I'm sure they would have liked to know this information. Uh, This is a scandal that is good. Watergate is going to shrink in comparison. We have a scandal that is literally going to throw us into the middle of a constitutional crisis because it's quite evident from even the evidence today that the law enforcement, quote unquote, of the DOJ, FBI, and the national security, including the CIA, worked on a coup d'etat to remove Donald J. Trump as president of the United States. It's evident that that happened, and Joe Biden is illegitimate. And this is going to get to deeper than the Perkins Coy, uh, uh, Mark Elias, the architect of the big steel. This is going to be deeper than the big steel. We're going to get to the heart of a government that removed a sitting president and commander-in-chief. That's where this is going, and that's what I'm saying, just looking over the other side of the hill and knowing how processes work. By April or May of this year on Capitol Hill, you're going to have a firefight of immense proportions, unseen probably in the history of this republic. Let me give you a couple of reactions along the way there. And I think, you're, first of all, my first response is you're, as usual, insightful, and I think absolutely correct. Uh, but we're, it, all of this speaks to how important the race is for the speakership of the House. It also speaks to the fact that there has to be a contest and an open and, I hope, hard-fought contest for that speakership in which we will see power devolve to individual representatives uh, and to those committees without constraint by the Speaker of the House, whether whomever that may be, uh, irrespective of who is sitting in the, uh, you know, has the gavel, 
uh, it has that has to be the case. Uh, we also know for a fact that Bill Barr lied about the investigations of the elections. There were no investigations. We know that from a number of sources. These are facts. These are facts that are available to the national corporatist media, have been for two years in point of fact, and they did not respond. They showed themselves to be uh, just elements of the deep state uh, and the Marxist Dem Party. And we also know that they knew that vice, former Vice President Biden, as he stood before the American people in the second and final debate of 2020, was lying through his teeth. And Bill Barr's weak, sad, effete response, as he is one of the principals of that, uh, that, that coup uh, that was carried out over a period of six years, his response was, I didn't want to intervene in an election. We know he was dispatching officials of the FBI and agents to big tech, to big media, uh, to, to social media, uh, to give them their marching orders and to bring down this veil of disinformation that clouded their vision permanently uh, from then to now. And only because of Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter uh, are we able to see th th those uh, those outlets be forced to recognize the reality and the truth that they had to at least suspect, if not know, uh, from the moment, the, the incipient moment of that disinformation campaign, which was in the midst of, uh, it was October 14th of 2020. Your thoughts? My thoughts are first, as soon as your podcast plays, I'm going to talk to your producer. I'm going to list that entire, I think that's the best summary I've heard, uh, because you go back, you, you actually tie it to his bald-faced lie to the American people, bald-faced lie to Trump that he had done an investigation in November of 2020 and that there was no fraud. And just a bald-faced lie, by the way. It's, it, it irks me so much. I've gone back to his book <laughs> and gotten to the exact page where he tells a lie again. No. It really, that was perfect. And obviously, you've done more on Russiagate and the Ukraine situation that preceded the laptop from hell in the 2019 and led up to the first impeachment. Um, this is why it's a crisis. Everything that Lou Dobbs said right there is 100% correct. Everything Lou Dobbs said right there is also by people who are career Republicans. Now, the apparatus itself is always filled with leftist Democrats, so the permanent government. Right. But Chris Ray is a career Republican that's been in and out of the government, right, all, all the time, and essentially runs the Republican side of a major law firm. It's Chris Christie's lawyer. Chris Christie's the one that pushed him on to Trump. And Bill Barr is obviously one of the senior apparatchiks of the Bush, you know, the Bush uh, family. Um, no, it's, it's shocking. And, and your point that you make, and we're bringing up a lot now, of the chain of custody of, the, of Mark Zuckerberg saying that he was visited by the FBI, of Twitter saying they were visited by the FBI, of the guy at Twitter, head of uh, the, the you know the, 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 the trust component of Twitter, under you know signing an affidavit that the FBI had come to him and said there was going to be a Hunter Biden uh, disinformation campaign from the Russians about Hunter Biden's finances with the CCP. We know from Elvis Chan, the head of the FBI's field office in Silicon Valley, who is the point guy for all this, his sworn testimony 
in Eric Schmidt, and now Senator Eric Schmidt, but then the mm-hmm. Attorney General of uh, Missouri in Landry, the great uh, Attorney General down in Louisiana, their, their lawsuits about suppression that's coming to the forefront. All of that, all of that happened in 2020 under a Republican running the Department of Justice. And what shocks me, all of this is so shocking. People must go back in time to remember that we didn't need to put the nation through the uh, impeachment process. We didn't need to go through any of this. We didn't, which took time away from President Trump focusing on the early days of the COVID crisis. So much of history has been changed. If two individuals who are career Republicans, establishment Republicans, rhino Republicans, if they had come forward as patriots and said, we have this information, and by the way, Remember, the information goes back to the time that Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. And that many of these meetings took place either in the West Wing of the White House or in the executive office building. And, and, and Obama, who no one's ever questioned or really got into any personal financial corruption of Obama. But under Obama's nose, the White House was being, the vice president's office was being auctioned off every day, was being monetized every day. The central business plan, as seen in the laptop from hell, is to how do you monetize the Biden family's asset, Joe Biden, and his and his and access to Joe Biden. It's not Hunter. Hunter's just the new business guy. He's drinking what the client's drinking. It's the brother James. The brother James is the architect of the Biden crime family, and he's the one that maneuvered all this. That's why it's so shocking. This really pulls in and is going to drag in the Biden administration because many of the things with the CCP were initiated when Joe Biden, when President, remember. Biden was put on as a babysitter for Obama because they thought Obama was an anti-war populist that had beaten Hillary Clinton. They needed a babysitter. They put Joe Biden, the career guy on the House of the Foreign Affairs Committee, in basically Delaware. He's, he's the global corporatist senator uh, from Delaware, which is the corporate headquarters. He was supposed to be the adult supervision. When Obama decided to have the quote-unquote pivot to Asia, which they never did, Joe Biden was in charge of that. That's why Joe Biden has this long-term relationship with Xi. This is why he has the 70 hours of one-on-one meetings with Xi. This is why his son went with him on Air Force Two when he went to China and started to monetize that relationship with the Chinese Communist Party at the time. This is a scandal that is going to shock the nation and cause a constitutional crisis because it's quite legitimate. We have essentially a Manchurian candidate that's bought and paid for by the Chinese Communist Party, and it's all laid out in detail, the family's financial compromise. But one, one memo of this, of thousands of memos, would get anybody else in jail for being an unregistered foreign agent. Uh, he's monetized this, and here's the key point. The Federal Bureau of Investigation's head in the Attorney General of the United States in a Republican administration knew this and knew it almost a year before we broke it through the here, Bob Costello, Rudy's lawyer, my lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, Bernie Carrick, Emma Joe Morse of the, of the now of Breitbart, then of the New York Post, the great Miranda Devine, and I gave, I had a supporting role, broke this in basically in October of 2020. They all lied about it. They had 51 traitors, uh, the intelligence officials came in and said it was Russian disinformation. And this is what the American people must understand. They knew they were lying to you to your face when they said it. They knew that we had the receipts. They had seen the receipts. They were in custody of the receipts. They had been in custody of the receipts a long time. They knew exactly that they were prepared to have an imposter, someone who's compromised by the greatest enemy this nation's ever had, the Chinese Communist Party, take 
the job of President of the United States and Commander-in-Chief of our military. That's what they did. That's why it's a crime. That's why they're traitors. That's why we're going to try them for treason. This is the biggest single scandal in the history of this republic. Yeah. You know, and scandal isn't even a, a big enough word for it. I don't know what the word is, but scandal sounds something like something that's confined. Uh, it, it may be uh, and has some sort of uh, half-life that is reasonable. Our government, uh, it, the corruption is pervasive. It is, it is deep. It's unrelenting. Uh, and I can't think of any, uh, I can't think of a single department that isn't corrupted. And the Department of Justice, uh, in league with lawfare, uh, with the ABA, in league with every, every corrupted uh, uh, institution that I can think of around law. Uh, it, it is, it, who is going to defend the Constitution becomes the question. Who is going to defend law and order? Who is going to defend this republic? And how in the world do we cleanse this, this, this republic, this federal government that has so much power? I think you start cleansing it after you I think the speak, this gets back to your comments about the speaker. Right now, we have control of, of the, of, we have the control of all the money and you have to control the investigations. The House, remember, the founders set it up. They built the House of Representatives like the House of Commons. All taxation, all spending must initiate out of the House. We have 100% authority to defund anything we want and dare the Biden administration to shut down the government, to dare them to shut down the government. This is why Kevin McCarthy, I think, has to make a very compelling argument, which he has failed to make to date, about why he's the guy that actually has the stones, and I mean a spine of steel, to be able to, to, to get in there and to basically do investigations in the funding process, or what I call the defunding process, actually begin really the restoration of the Trump presidency. President Trump will be reelected in 2024. We need a two-year two preamble. It is to shut down this illegitimate president that is Joe Biden. It's to force through investigations a complete accounting of all this, and then to have criminal referrals, and it's to take on the Justice Department and the FBI. I think that there's an article in Newsweek I shared with you earlier, Lou, that talks about what the Justice Department and FBI's big focus right now is going after MAGA terrorists. They are coming after the MAGA movement as domestic terrorists, whether these are moms and dads going to school boards, whether these are people that are sitting there going, the FBI is corrupt, whether these are people that are out uh, looking at election stealing in Arizona. They're coming after you, not just with lawfare, but to weaponize the FBI against the mega movement. And this is, there's no compromise here. There can't be any, there's no compromise. There's no area that so, we can compromise in this. One side's going to win and one side's going to lose. And right now, if we get a Speaker of the House, like a Jim Jordan, who's got complete, total steel in his spine, uh, it, it, we, will, we will save this republic. If we don't, the republic's gone. Kevin McCarthy, we cannot trust him. We did before, and he betrayed us. He, he. What do we do, in your judgment, uh, to move this forward? Because there cannot be, and in my judgment, anyone 
uh, who has accused the president uh, as he did, uh, who has betrayed him, uh, who is the leader of the party, the America First MAGA movement in this country. Uh, what? How do we get to that right person? Well, first of all, right you know, I now? think the president. I think the president's got to step up here. I think. That, I think this is all part. Look, President Trump had the most successful presidency up until the CCP virus, and I still think he did a terrific job, given he had Pence and Fauci and these others. But up till nineteen, and when they impeached him for what they knew was a lie, right? The most successful presidency, I think even more successful than President Reagan, who I revere. Okay, number one. Number two, we, he had, we now know they we now know that they stole his victory in twenty twenty. That's evident. So to me, it's quite simple and straightforward. Because I do think and look, I love the president. I serve the president, but one of the reasons I think he and I have a good relationship, I'm not shy about giving him my advice with both barrels. The, the Mitch McConnell problem is, quite frankly, because we didn't take care of business, okay? We can't allow that to happen in the House. And the president, I think, needs to come forward and not be neutral on this. I think the president needs to step up and say, hey, look, I think it, this is a very unique race for the House. If he supports Kevin McCarthy, which the McCarthy guys are saying, I don't know if I believe that or not, I think the president's got to come out and make that clear. Either I'm staying neutral, I support Kevin McCarthy, or he I support somebody else. I, I have to say, way, to I think say people he, need. He, 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 go, he can't go support ahead, McCarthy. Hold on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I think I've gotten to the point that I'm driving Lee Dobbs mad. No, I listen. I agree with you. I don't see how. So, but I will tell you, Kevin McCarthy and his people are telling people that President Trump supported. We just got this word in from uh, Donald Trump. The fake news is actually trying to convince the American people. I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. More disinformation and lies, just like Russia, 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 other hoaxes and scams. What I said was there is massive and widespread fraud and deception, as has been irrefutably proven in the 2020 presidential election. Steps must be immediately taken to right the wrong. Only fools would disagree with that and accept stolen elections. MAGA. One exclamation mark! I would have added three or four to it, but those oh, yeah, are the I, words. I think, the I think that's a five. I think it's a five plus. That sums it up right there. there. Here's what I like, Lou. I think the president is now getting fully engaged, and I think that's a good thing. I think the president needs to be engaged. I think President Trump, as I've said, I think he needs to be engaged on what's happening here on the lame duck, because they are structurally between the debt ceiling, the omnibus, the defense authorization with all the wokeness, the amnesty for 11 million. They're trying to structurally change things that make sure that Trump's second term would be handcuffed from the beginning. I think he needs to be engaged on the, everything that's happening in the next three weeks on Capitol Hill. I think he needs to be engaged in the speaker's race. I think he needs to be to support the rebellion against Mitch McConnell that is happening by Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Blonde and Josh Hawley and these other heroic senators are now stepping up as Rick Scott. He needs to support that. And I think most importantly, like that great tweet right there, sir, his truth social, he needs to step forward and I think take more of a leading role in actually how we get to the bottom of what happened here. And because it, 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 it can't be lost on people. This was in his administration. It, it goes, it, Garland and these guys are far worse, and we'll get all into that. But the beating heart of the problem right now that we must get to the bottom of 
is between basically November and December of 2019, all the way to really January 20th of 2021, when Biden illegitimately took the oath of office. That time period, right. and you've done such a great job of the preamble to that, leading up to all the Ukraine situation, the Russia gate, everything for the day he won, uh, is the preamble, right, when they took their first shot with Mueller and everybody else. But that time period from November of 2019, December of 2019, till Biden took the oath of office, it, it, it is a time in American history that the, uh, that the administrative state and the deep state, in a last gasp measure, determined that they didn't care what they had to do, that Donald J. Trump was not essentially going to finish his term as really commander-in-chief as they denuded him, and then that they were going to remove him from office. And that's what they did. And this is why it's a scandal. And I think President Trump's got to now step up to the forefront of this. Not lead it, but he's got to be much more, I think, engaged in this thing because this is going to lead to a to a to a constitutional crisis. We're going to come. The American people are going to be faced with information by next spring that'll be irrefutable. Okay, in congressional testimony in other areas, that they will understand that we have an illegitimate guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that has made decisions of the ten of ten of trillions of dollars that have changed the economic direction of the country, at the same time done things with our national security, at the same time done things with our education and our culture, that can't be unwound. And it's going to be a crisis. What do you do about that? So it is, I would say, stay tuned. This is going to be only, it's going to get hotter every day as more information comes out. And, uh, and we're going to see a lot of smoke uh, lift from the battlefield uh, over the course of the next, I think, matters of weeks. Uh, you may be right about months. I just fear that the republic can't survive uh, anything approaching a uh, a normal uh, committee process in the Congress of the United States, all of Benghazi, uh, all of the nonsense that has been attempted before. This had better be for real, and it better be quick, because the American people are are absolutely. Right now, they have the heel of the deep state and the Marxist Dems in their necks, and we've got to get that fixed soon. Uh, Steve, as always, wonderful to talk with you, illuminating, uh, provocative, uh, and of course, I agree with everything you say. I don't want that to color my my hyperbolic uh, applause, but... Uh, <laughs> You, uh, you are a, a great American. Thank, thank you for being I, I here. I want to thank you. I want to thank you because I'm going to talk, talk to you, producer. As soon as the show goes up, we're listing your two-minute summary of where we are, which is quite because people – that's why the details are important here. Bill Barr looking Donald J. Trump in the eye in the Oval Office in, uh, in, in, in late November of 2020 and lying to him, lying yeah. to him. That he had done before. The reason we know it's a lie for your audience things is that through a FOIA request, I think of Tom Fitner at Epic Times, all the they went to all the regional offices of the U.S. attorneys, all the U.S. attorneys, they came, and they asked them for reports and studies they had done in the 2020. Everyone came back; they had not done anything, which Barr lied about. The only one that hasn't reported is the one in Philadelphia, where we know that the attorney that the that the uh, U.S. attorney there actually sent a letter to Barr requesting for Asking. to go forward on an investigation because he had absolute exactly. proof that, that they had been 
voter fraud, massive voter fraud in Pennsylvania, and Maine's justice told him to stand down. This is Bill Barr looked the president of the United States in the eye in the Oval Office and lied to him. Just like these guys, they get up to the American people, they will look right in the camera, and they will lie to you. That's why this is going to be a crisis of epic proportions, Dubs. Or they tell Congress that they've got a plane to catch. They've got to. Uh, <laughs> uh, they've got to leave. <laughs> so good, Steve. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it, by the Steve. Way, by the way, I do. I, I do want to say something. I just want to say something. Sure. Not that your show is always one of the well-produced, most well-produced shows around. But I think your producer today, Deb, just is, she's such an extraordinary producer. I just, I just noticed the Christmas in the the crispness in the show has been even crisper normally than the Great America Show. And I want to thank you for your upgrade in the producerial role, sir. Well, I, I'm really very upset now because Deb is blowing kisses uh, across the uh, studio. <laughs> But and, and if you think I'm going to argue with one word you said, you're, you've underestimated my fears. Uh, thank you thanks very so much, much, brother. Appreciate it. it. It's the appreciation. Great to have you with us, my friend. Thanks to Steve Bannon, host of the Steve Bannon War Room podcast, and thanks to you for being with us. Here tomorrow, our guest is Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist and author. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.